I'm Henok Fenty of Omnipoyo, and this is the Brewer to Brewer podcast from All About Beer. My guest today is Sam Cermenio of Brujos Brewing in Portland, Oregon, and he is here for a conversation that goes beyond the brew house and into topics that matter to brewing professionals and curious beer drinkers alike. First, visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media at All About Beer. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We'll get into the conversation in just a moment, uh, but first, a quick message. Whether the groundhog saw his shadow or not, this is the time to look at green teas for spring beer rollouts. First Tea's Heisen Green Tea provides a layer of green, vegetal sweetness, and a keen roasty note that pops as a standalone addition or complement to tropical fruit. Contact First Tea at info at firsttea.com. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A for details and more great ideas. Attention Brewers, registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards is now open. Sign up today. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code ALLABOUTBEER to receive 10% off of your order. Don't delay. Register your beers today by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. One more time, that's bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Okay, let's get into it. A bit about my guest today. Sam Cermenio is the founder and head brewer of co and co-owner of Brujos Brewing based in Portland, Oregon. He was born in Tijuana, Mexico and raised in Southern California. He's been brewing professionally since 2016 and started as an assistant brewer at Black Market Brewing in Temecula, California. He was also lead brewer at Great Notion for nearly three years, all during the pandemic. His last job was at Living House Beer, where he brewed for approximately 10 months before he decided to take the leap and open Brujos Brewing. Brujos has always been his passion project since its inception in 2014, and it wasn't until last year that he decided it was time to take it to the next level. He acquired an existing brewery in August of 2023 that went out of business, and the place was pretty much as turnkey as turnkey can be. I was personally on site for the inaugural brew day and watching Sam in his element was exhilarating to say the least. The grand opening is scheduled for 2nd of March, 2024. And if you're anywhere in the, near in the area, you do not want to miss this. Welcome Sam, I'm so happy to see you and thank you for joining me for an hour of conversation. Of course, dude. It's my pleasure. Like I said, it's always a good time talking to you, hanging out with you. I I had, uh, I can safely say I probably know more brewers than most. Uh, and honestly, when I was asked to pick up any brewer in the world to talk to, I chose you, man. I feel and, honored, dude. That's awesome. I'm a huge you- fan of yours. So, you know, I've told you this before. It's a, it's an honor to be here talking to you Thank right you, now. Man. I mean, it's, you know, every so often you come into a a person's world where you get, um, you know, kind of blown away by their energy. And I remember the first time I met you, you were at our brewery here in Stockholm at the church. 
and your energy was instant. You know, it threw me back to a time when beer making and brewing and craft beer in general was kind of uh, fun and and explorative. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you keep that energy in a pretty challenging world? You know, maybe talk a little bit about kind of your background coming from contract brewing, um, but also kind of how you think of of beer making uh given that you know you've you haven't had a brewery before like do you think yeah basically walk me through it how do you keep that energy man um i feel like i've always had this energy since i was little and it's it's it was definitely hard to keep that that flame alive right like especially during the pandemic i feel like a lot of brewers lost that spark because I mean, what we do is for the people. And when you can't see people, you're like, why am I doing this anymore? Um, I was always hopeful that this shit would pass and that we'd eventually get back to it. And I mean, I've, I don't know. I, hold on. Let me think about this a little bit more. You can always edit this part out, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So once pandemic was kind of fading off, I mean, if you will, I felt like it was time for people to kind of like step up again, you know, and, and bring the creativity back. And um, I felt like I was one of those people that could do that because I still had that energy. I still had that spark. I kept it alive during the pandemic somehow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when I found brewing back in 2014, when I started home brewing, like the moment I started, it was just like a magical thing for me. Like I'd been looking for this thing my whole life. I tried everything like creatively that I possibly could. I tried to play music and bands. I was doing photography and I was film filmmaking, like all kinds of shit. None of it felt super right. It was like fun. It was an expressive outlet to get my ideas out there. But when I found brewing, that was ultimately the thing that I was like, this is the thing that I've been looking for because I could apply everything that I liked artistically, like the visuals and the, art that I like and the music to this one thing which was like real witchcrafty and I'm sitting there stirring the pot and I'm like oh my god dude I'm like a little witch this is amazing um and yeah I just I haven't let go of that yet you know I don't plan on letting go of that as long as I can um being creative is just something that it came natural to me I guess since I was a kid, I, I remember picking up instruments and learning how to play them on my own, learning how to draw and having little art exhibits in like elementary school and like being featured as like one of the top ones. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like this, I, I think creativity brings people joy. And ultimately, that's what I'm doing with this beer thing now is trying to make people happy in some way, you know, because the world is a dark place. <laughs> Definitely, it definitely can be. And I know, and you, you know, when you came to the church again, like I kind of felt like I was thrown back into, you know, I traveled back five years or even 10 years, you know, to a time when, when it might have been, you know, partly because I started out as a contract brewer. Like I've always kind of attributed this naivete and kind of uh, uh, idea around risk taking as like a result of me coming into it as a contract brewer, you know, like being purely occupied with, making people excited and not having to worry about like the brick and mortar kind of headaches that you now have to worry about. And so yeah, now, I know, you know, I know. <laughs> um, so it's a quite kind of a leading question, but like for me, it was like, okay, here's, 
like it's a, an extremely competitive space obviously i mean contract brewing is like it's a tough it's a tough business in itself but it's also kind of uh carefree and in, in like, a, in like yeah, absolutely where you're doing it part part time but i mean you started blue calls many years ago and yeah. it wasn't until when exactly were you when you kind of made that that full transition into making it a full-time job can you like kind of give yeah. time to yeah, I, I can get into that um when I started homebrewing in 2014, I immediately wanted to give the project a name because I just felt it needed one. So I had like a list of, I don't know, 30, 40 names. None of them sounded right. So I just kept thinking about it. And then one day my dad was like watching my brother and I homebrew on our patio outside. And he's like, you guys, and he said it in Spanish, he's like, parecen bruquitos haciendo toloache, which kind of translates to like you look like little sorcerers like mixing these magical potions and when he said brujitos i was like brujitos oh shit like brujos like that that's fucking super cool oh my god brujos this is it this is the name and he was like oh cool yeah i like it so my plan was then okay so you got this name applied to this project build a brand and just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it practice practice um so that by the time um i ended up opening a brewery if i ever did i would have like this following from like way back um so that it wouldn't be something new to everyone it would be like we've been following sam on this journey like the people that have been right and it would be exciting for them to see it turn into like an actual location um so yeah brujos i gave it the name um uh, what was the pawn? Where was I going with this? Uh, okay, so I got this far. Uh, can you ask me? That? Like, yeah, basically, like you know, for me, it kind of feels like you did what I kind of wish I did, which was yeah, yeah, kind of starting to like drop beers to the public very early mm. on. You did it like undercover, more or less, like cutting your teeth and right. coming out like guns blazing. I mean like the epic launch right like to me at least as a european with the european interface was like east coast tour you know eight state troon rudenbranch fidens mortales and then there's the only darkness right winter living house great notion horse i mean it's like basically like if i could read like given what i know now like yeah. how would i have done my own launch you know like you could right. Do that right off the bat and i mean that's like that's to me very that's remarkable you know like the fact that you yeah like hatched this plan and had the patience to wait until you were like ready and you had the liquid you know to yeah up. so yeah a lot of practice at home um the tour came at the time where i felt like i was ready to 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 do it you know to launch it publicly i, I think i'd already done a release or two be a contract brewing out of great notion by then so I've been able to offer these beers to these brewers that I met at Green City, the other half event in, I forget, it was 2021, maybe. Um, so I had already made the connections with these brewers and they were stoked on what I was talking about. And they were like, dude, we can't wait to see what you do with this project. So um, the tour idea came from my love of like bands and live shows. Oh, awesome. And so I was like, why don't we just like, this is me sitting here with Ivan, like just 
shooting the shit. I'm having a bonfire at my house. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if we did like a, like an East coast tour with our favorite brewers from the East coast right now. And uh, like print a band looking t-shirt with the dates and the names of the breweries and the locations on the back, like you would see it on a tour shirt. And so we went on that epic, like nine day journey through the East coast. We flew out there and then we drove from like South Carolina all the way down to, or is it North Carolina where eighth state is? Yeah. That's South, right? Yeah. South. Yeah. yeah. So we flew into there, got a car, brewed with um, Cameron and then drove all the way to New Jersey, brewed with Troon. Those guys are awesome. We ended up driving from there to Long Island to brew with uh, Root and Branch. Anthony had, had us over for a for a stout out of all the beers that we made, out of all the hazy IPAs that we made, uh, he wanted to do a stout. So we did a stout. Um, from there, we drove up to Long Island. Or no, I mean, not Long Island, uh, Copiog. No, 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 that, that's where, <laughs> that's where Root and Branch is. We drove to Albany. Fidens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Albany, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, to brew with Fidens. And then by then, we were pretty burnt out i was like man this has been like quite the journey driving from all these uh states all the way up to upper new york and we ended up finishing the tour at mortalis and that was like the coolest shit ever we were like this is amazing like we we pulled it off like we brought tour shirts with us handed them out to people we had some beer to hand out to people and uh we made a lot of new friends and came back and we were like we should do a west coast one but we kept the west coast to just like the California and Oregon. And we decided to do stouts for that one only with Horace and Great Notion, um, Living House, Moxa when Derek was at Moxa. And uh, yeah, it was, it was epic, dude. Um, so yeah, the, the brand building part took a long time. Um, when, we find, when I finally decided to take it to where I'm at now, it was like shortly after I visited you, I believe, when we were talking, like you were like, maybe you shouldn't open a brewery. You should just keep this project as like a nomad project, right? And that was, that was my really next question. That was my next yeah. question. It was like you weren't gonna open a brewery, man. Like when you were here, you know, we <laughs> I were wasn't going to. I, yeah. yeah, it just so kind of fell on my lap, and um, I decided uh, it was like a sign that the universe was giving me, like you need to do this, not just for myself, but for like the people that believe in it that are gonna be a part of the brand as well. Um, so I just went with my gut and I, this place was perfect. I couldn't pass up the, the, the offer, um, money wise, it was within my range, within my budget. And, um, I ended up getting those two business partners that you met, um, Jesse and Scott, and those guys have been awesome helping me build out a place that otherwise lived inside my head. <laughs> like Scott wanted TVs and I'm like, no, no TVs. Like this place needs to feel like a ritual space of sorts and you can't have that with tvs distracting you and he was like okay i get it it's it's your vision we're here to help you see it through so um yeah it's been a long time in the making man it's i could talk about this for hours for sure i mean it's which is exactly what we're here for and i think that you know to me it was striking also the very like kind of focused approach around styles of beers that you were making i think yeah myself included you know when you start out you kind of want to show the world that you can do all beer styles 
of course and mm-hmm. i know for a fact that you can because i've had a bunch of beers mm-hmm. of, from diff- of different styles that you've made but uh you know you haven't kind of succumbed to that rather you said hey i'm gonna do stuff that makes my crowd excited i'm putting words in your mouth right but yeah yeah my interpretation is that at least and i think that that's it's been very efficient in getting you know this the brand out very quickly and getting people excited like being focused yeah i've obviously focused on ipa more than anything primarily hazy ipa because um back in what was it like 2016 when they were kind of taking over the market in california like monkish was dropping the first hazies we'd seen on the west coast um it was a super exciting time i remember lining up hanging out with people making new friends um and trying those beers just being like mind blown i'd already been like trying the east coast hazies like the alchemist and the whatever was out there you know i could name a bunch of breweries but um that style of beer really got me excited because when i first tried like west coast ipa i thought they were too intense for me i was more of a stout guy by then um so hazy ipa was like a softer a slightly sweeter juicier interpretation of an ipa and i was like wow this is amazing the color the appearance the aromas like everything about them was just like it spoke to me so i was like i want to try to make these beers so i started brewing them at home in like 2015 and just trying all kinds of things you know like i read as much as i could online there wasn't a lot of information back then online about hazy ipa as there is now but um yeah you just i just started trying all kinds of yeast strains and different grists and different adjuncts and different percentages of adjuncts. And uh, I was like, this is the style of beer that I really want to focus on. I I obviously want to brew all the beers, right? I want to make lagers and West coast IPAs more and big stouts and whatnot. But to, uh, to me, I'm like, I'm still trying to perfect this hazy IPA thing. I don't think I'll ever feel like I perfected it, but as long as my palate is happy when I'm drinking these beers, I'm like, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think you, every brewer should kind of focus on one specific style real well so that they're at least known for that. Like this person makes that style really fucking well. And uh, yeah. And then take it from there. Like I love smoked beer. I've made some smoked beers, but I know that my audience isn't going to really come and line up for a Grazitskia. Um I hope that one day they do because I plan on making one here at some point. Um, but yeah, Hazy IPA has been my focus and it will continue to be my focus for now um, because I, I truly enjoy them. I truly seek them out more than any other style because I just want to see what everyone else is doing. And they're so different. Like you can tell the water profiles are different. Like you can tell when you find one that's super calcium chloride heavy, you're like, oh yeah, that hits the palate differently. Um or when they're just there's like a strength, there's a real strength there and you know like for me seeing you enter that new facility or at least to you new facility yeah. and just like you know grabbing it by the horns and like you know starting to brew on that system and then a couple of weeks later seeing you know people lining up for the beer and it was know, wild man i even got like... cans sent over you know and i mean the quality of the stuff is through the roof and it's like your first batches of beer on that new system i mean that's the power of like specializing and, but also like you really kind of like 
knowing where you want to take this uh, this style of beer. Uh, yeah. Well, can you walk us through like your reasoning around hazies and and hoppy beers in general? I think a lot of I mean I've picked your brains a lot on on that style, but if I was listening to this, I'd be curious to kind of hear what how you reason around those. Yeah. Um, over the years, I've just realized that the ones that I really enjoy the most are the really dense looking ones that aren't really as dense once you go drink them. You know, they're they look like they'd be undrinkable, almost like custard. And um, I really love the appearance of them. I love the mouthfeel of them. And after brewing so many different versions of hazy IPA, I, I came to realize that was my favorite. So I uh, started messing with my grists, um, going more like protein heavy on on a lot of these uh, hazies that I'm doing nowadays, like primarily wheat heavy, like blend of wheats. I really love torrified wheat. I think it adds this really nice, like almost cereal like flavor to the hazy. Um, uh, I've cut back on oats significantly from when I first started making hazies. I felt like they were coming off a little astringent over, over the, like after a while, like fresh, they were just green from the heavy hop loads, but over time, like they'd get a little astringent. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like being overcritical, but, um, I found that using more wheat was yielding better results because they were more protein heavy and uh, like trying different methods with hopping in the kettle. Like sometimes I'd use some flex for a little bitterness because they, they tend to finish a little higher in final gravity. So they can be a little sweet sometimes. So if you can balance that out with a little bitterness um, that helps. Um, but I don't, I don't always do that. I tend to stick to like Whirlpool additions only. And they've only gotten bigger. Like I was like, ah, one pound per barrel is fine. And then I'd be like, ah, this beer didn't really like stand the test of time. So I, I need to up the hopping ratios. So now I'm at like two pounds per barrel nowadays in the Whirlpool, which I think is a, a better spot. I'll probably up that even further at some point. But um, uh, yeah, as far as, Hops and grist, those are two things that I focus on a lot. Um, I like the really pale hazy IPAs too. I'm not a big fan of the like the dark orange ones, even though like they can taste fine. They just don't look visibly as appealing to me than the bright yellow ones. So sticking with like a super low love bond Pilsner malt for like a portion of the base, which... <laughs> I've usually, I've, nor, I've come to the point now where I'm using like maybe 30% of like Pilsner and the rest is just made up of wheat and oats. Yeah, um, my team was like pretty blown away by the grist that you wanted to brew. <laughs> over here. Yeah, I remember you all the rice holes that you were throwing in there. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Our German system was working overtime, you know. Oh, yeah. This yeah. system's really nice, man. The one I've got here, like I honestly don't use much rice holes at all the false bottom on it is amazing and working with the mill and like finding the right crush is really important. Like you don't want to over crush your grain and shit and turn it into flour, but you yeah, definitely yeah. want to crush it well enough to get something out of it, especially wheat. Like you don't get a lot of extraction out of yeah. 
you know it's the... you, like i mean you know i was there when you brewed um uh, these first beers but i wasn't there to see the release and i tried one of them right the collaboration we did the three times uh three but that wasn't brewed at oh no that was the last one i got to brew out of living That's house so like you know i actually I was... haven't had any of the beers that came out but i've seen rave reviews uh obviously and I can i ask you like were you happy yeah. with them yeah i'm always happy with them if i release them if i don't put them in cans it's because i'm like i felt like it needed some some tweaking um but you ultimately the first beers coming out of that system i mean that's <laughs> pretty pretty neat right like... yeah yeah the first two i did on this system i was pretty stoked on and then i did a couple more and i had some little issues with channeling and so i had to go back and like figure out how it was like running my rakes and hydrating and just all the little details that matter right because i noticed like oh shit i'm having to use a little bit more added sugar to get to gravity i shouldn't have to be doing that um what's going on here channeling um but i've been pretty happy with most of the beers i put in cans that i've put out in the world so far i think i don't know i'm at like 15 beers now that i've released the other ones that show up on the untapped, I feel like, are beers that I had back in the homebrew days. Yeah. As you'll see, they have like 30 check-ins or some shit from friends that I like just handed them to. Um, and it, it's like, uh, yeah, it's early days for sure. But I mean, you're, you're, you're headed in a pretty, pretty amazing uh, direction. I think yeah, we I'm have trying. a short break coming up. Um, um, we're going to take a short break and, uh, for this message. Uh, and then we'll be right back for more of this conversation with Sam Zermenio. Not all green teas are created equal, and using the wrong green tea in your brew can yield a dull, flat flavor. Enter First Tea's Heisen Green Tea with spring green tea character and soft sweetness. Find out more about Heisen Tea and other botanicals for beer by emailing info at firsttea.com. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A. Attention brewers, registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards is now open. Sign up today. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code ALLABOUTBEER to receive 10% off of your order. Don't delay. Register your beers today by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. One more time, that's bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Welcome back. Um, I'm having a conversation with Zam Semenyo at Brujos, uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay, dude, uh, you opened a brewery. You said you weren't going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think you're going to be brewing now? I mean, I you know, we've talked about you focusing and like being kind of very mindful around, I'm assuming, what styles you brew based on what your crowd is going to like, but also the stuff that you like to drink. I mean, you like these beers and, and you're specializing in them on the one hand, but now you're op about to open a tap room. And my question is, how do you relate to kind of the tap list that you will be having? What will the experience be for someone like me, a beer geek, walking into your bar? Um, you can expect 
like a wide array of hoppy styles of beers. Like I said, I, I don't just like hazy. I also like West Coast IPA now, not more than I used to back in the day, especially like the new iterations of like the more modern style West Coast IPAs. Someone like Shred is doing killer West Coast IPAs. Everywhere is doing killer West Coast IPAs. They're a little less bitter, um, a little more hop intense than like they used to be back in the day. I feel like back in the day, they were more like malt forward and uh, just super bitter. <laughs> um, while I do respect the style, I'm not really a huge fan of that. So uh, yeah, you can expect to see a lot of like hoppy styles of beers, West Coast, like more modern West Coast IPAs, some New Zealand Pilsners, um, hoppy lagers of any sort, um, but primarily hazy IPA. Um, and I tend to stick to like higher ABV hazy IPA. I, I do like a good seven and a half percent hazy. So we'll definitely have some like more sessionable ones, but I'm not a fan of like the anything lower really. I feel like a lot of the flavor that I like in the hazies that I like gets lost in the lower ABVs or they just feel a little diluted and watered down. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of that. That's an IPA, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really, maybe I'll stick to the sessionable stuff with the hoppy lagers, if you will. Or like the West Coast IPAs. Um, uh, I do have. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we made that that maiden batch here. You know, the maiden brew. Uh, it's sitting in barrels now. Uh, I honestly think that if I'm going to be doing stouts, they will primarily be barrel aged, and um, obviously those won't be out for for a while. Um, I've got like eight oak barrels full of barrel aged stout right now, four that I filled with Arco Lab and four that I filled on my own with some, with a different base just to see how different they could be. And tasting them the other day, I was like, oh, these are awesome. Like, I love what I can do with the one that we made where I'm like, oh, we can hit this one with a bunch of different vanilla beans and some coconut or something. Whereas mine is a little sweeter because I'm like, maybe I want to hit that one with a little coffee, something more roasty, some cocoa nibs, cacao nibs, whatever you want to call them. Um, so yeah, definitely some stouts, probably like winter time this year. Um, by then it'll be like over a year since we brewed that beer. Um, and uh, I do have a Hellas lager in a tank that I made the other day after trying to brew a Pilsner and I couldn't get any sots on time. I decided to make the <laughs> recipe change on the spot and I had the right, right amount of malts in the right malts for the style. I ended up borrowing some Hallertau middle fruit from a living house. And so we just ended up making like a pseudo decocted Hellas lager, if you will. Nice. Um, and so far I'm really stoked on that. I feel like I might have that beer around more often than not, just because I do love a good Hellas. And uh, eventually I'll brew the Pilsner too, because I also love a hoppy light lager. Um, and you've brewed a lot. I mean, when you were working at Living House, I'm assuming you were—that's what you were brewing. I mean, yeah, we were primarily brewing lager beer. I didn't write any single recipe there. That was all Matt and Conrad. Um, but it was interesting to see their process and um, learning from that because coming from Great Notion, we we brewed a lot of fun styles of beer, like sour beers, like you do, and fruity beers, and like big pastry stouts and whatnot. Ton of hazy IPAs. Um, so yeah, I've been, I mean, I've, I've seen 
a lot of different processes I've brewed on many different systems now. So coming into my own was really, really cool. Cause I saw it before I got to use it. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, I could run this like with my eyes closed if I wanted to, it's that simple. Um, the manifold is amazing. Like everything is in one place. So I don't have to run around anywhere. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, slightly automated. So it's just a nice system. Perfect size for me. I think we have six fermenters, four fifteens, two thirties. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make a ton of beer just to make a ton of beer. I want to make beer that I want to drink or that I want to learn from and that the audience that likes our beer is going to be excited about. Um, so yeah, we'll brew as often as we can, so long as it's needed. Um, and maybe I'll change my mind later when I need to pay the bills. But, no, but uh, I, think, I think you're, you know, it's, that's what's so fascinating and kind of why the throwback for me was so apparent. It's like there's this like purity in why you're doing what you're doing that's not kind of modeled by um and you know no offense to brewery owners i'm one myself but like mm -hmm. the general idea of having uh kind of a brick and mortar uh, brewery the day-to-day -day, it kind of gets in the way of some of that enthusiasm yeah. and kind of clarity around why you're actually doing it um and I, th I think it's you know keep that around for as long as you can one key um you know factor in your case is you've built a brand you know like yeah. a really strong one and i think like i'd like to hear you know you reason around kind of how you think about that like what does the brujos brand mean and kind of how do you approach building that brand uh going forward as well like is, is it all done through the liquid or is it like are you envisioning other stuff happening i mean now you're building a physical like space to showcase mm -hmm. the tap room uh, what what the Blue Horse brand is like? How do you think about the brand and like what does that mean to you? Uh, the brand is everything to me, man. It's like it's like an extension of me, if you will. Um, like all my little dark thoughts in the dark art that I like and what have you. Um, funny story. Before I even started making beer i feel like i was already selling merch with the logo on it just to raise money to be able to brew this beer that was expensive to it was an expensive hobby so i was like maybe i'll put some shirts together with some cool art that my friends were making and raise money that way so i can fund this project and buy myself some kettles and whatnot so it did well i was like oh shit like i've got a like a clothing brand almost versus like a brew brand i could have taken it in that direction probably but that wasn't fulfilling. So I was like, no, it has to be like both. So I'm like, let's build this brand. Let's work on these logos. If you, if you've been following this whole time, you've noticed how the logos have been like finessed over the years. Um, just like the beers have, you know, like practice makes better. I, was, I wouldn't say perfect, but um, yeah, Brujos, um, not only is it, everything to me it's like in spanish because i'm hispanic so I, I was really like dead set on the name being a word in spanish just to express my heritage and where i come from and um i grew up with like real um what's the word uh my parents believe in a lot of cool shit man a lot of weird like superstitious shit um growing up 
hearing my grandma and my mom talk about witchcraft and shit like it was real and like it maybe it is I don't know but <laughs> it was fascinating to me my dad would tell me stories about aliens and shit and how he's seen some crazy stuff and I was like what no way so I was always kind of I was raised that way like to believe that there was more out there than what the naked eye could see so uh Brujos just like encapsulates all of that shit like all the stuff that I grew up listening to from my parents and like music like Thriller was one of my first like one of the first songs I listened to that I thought was incredible I was like oh my god this is so cool like the video was incredible when it came out um so I was like um yeah let's let's build this brand let's get a following let's be patient let's learn let's just like shut the fuck up and listen and if I feel like I still love this shit in 10 years then not then I might just go for it um so I mean, it's, you know, to me, it's like what I love about it is that you're charging it with, you know, other things. Uh, and to be honest, like you had to brew good beer. Like if you, your beer would have sucked, yeah. you know, it would have, yeah. It, it, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like oh, so another brand. You, yeah. great beer, you know, like, um, and, uh, but when you do that, like that's when the unique thing happens where you have this brand that you've built over 10 years and then like the liquid comes out and it's amazing. And, it just becomes like one, you know, one plus one equals three. Yeah, way, and that's, for that's sure. Really amazing, you know, and it, it requires a bit of a, I think you need to believe in other stuff that the naked eye can't see to kind of be, you know, you're not, you're not nutty in any, in, 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 any, in any way, <laughs> but you kind of are, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fantastic and it makes for it sure. exciting. And I, I love that kind of, uh, the name of it and how that also comes from a completely different place than a lot of craft beer has been to me, at least, you know, kind of mm-hmm. working with this for 15 years, like it's, it's a pretty homogenous kind of uh, vibe, you know, the craft beer was, or beer just overall was a traditional kind of uh, European thing that then kind of traveled the world and, and the US has really kind of turned that upside down. And now it's coming back to Europe where, you know, people that from all walks of life are kind of entering this industry which is amazing and uh it's yeah it's really cool it's it's really cool to see that you're kind of bringing your heritage into it yeah um i felt it to be necessary um but i don't really like talk about it too much you know i feel like if you know me you know what i'm about and you know what the brand is about and i don't have to go telling you like this is what you should like or anything like that i just if you like what I do and you like me that's awesome man like I probably like you too um, okay going forward what do you um I mean you're obviously opening the tap room mm-hmm. that's on the 2nd of March is that that's your aim to open it on that yeah day? we're absolutely opening on March 2nd um, unless some catastrophic shit goes down um the tap room is almost done dude like from when you were here last it's it's the complete transformation it's got this like gothic church vibe if you will like we scorched a bunch of wood to line the the arches with and like some of the closets for storage that we built are also made out of that and then once once we built those we're like oh we can put more statues on top of those like the statues you might have seen on my social media or the sculptures um my buddy here in town made them for me because 
is just an amazingly talented artist and I, I knew he could make them and he, he wasn't even sure if he could make them. He's like, I mean, I'll try. So he made one. He's like, ah, oh, this needs work. I'm like, no, it's great. It's perfect. So he made a second one. He's like, this one's way better. I'm like, there he goes. He practiced, makes better. Um, and then now he's making a third one with like a hellhound and shit. And, and then a fourth one eventually. Um, once we decided no TVs were going up on the, in the tasting room, we were like, oh, we have room for more creative options versus television. Um, I support that decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't get me wrong. I have nothing against TVs and sports and shit. I've actually been to a few sports games with my business partner, Scott, because he's a huge football fan and uh, he's trying to convert me into a football fan. I'm like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not really a sports guy, but growing up, I was into basketball. Um, I've been to a few live games with him and the energy at the live games is something else. Like it's pretty, pretty magical to see like just the audience just get rowdy and scream and shit. It's almost therapeutic for them. I feel like it's like this sort of catharsis. Like you're just letting go of all the shit you wanted to say and scream out loud in one place with all your friends getting a couple beers in you and shit. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, the the taste room's coming along. I can't wait for you to see it when you come back. I mean, I will come back. I actually know when I will come back, and I'm thinking maybe we can drop our collaborative beer if it's ready then, and that will be next year for or this year for hop selection. So September, yeah. October, you know, like yeah. We, we I mean, my schedule is only booked as far as like April right now. I'm trying to keep it open, and I have recipes ready in case I need to fill a slot, but. Yeah, I definitely want to brew with you. I know you want to brew something hoppy with me because we've done it at your place a couple times now, and it would be cool to do it over here. Um, Very nice. What's the uh, like? What's the um, plan? Like, how do you plan going forward in terms of collaborate collaborations and stuff? Are a lot of people coming to your brewery now to brew, or are you going to be traveling anything? I don't foresee myself traveling too much this year. I kind of want to focus on the on the space and like make sure it's running efficiently and makes sense. It's, it's hard for me to leave, man. Like I'm here too often. Like I like just checking gravities and dumping yeast and all that shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like this is my second home. Um, you literally uh, spent the night at the brewery for an overnight boil. With yeah, yeah. I've done that twice now. Um, because that bed that was here when we got the place, I was like, oh, shit, this is perfect. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping that more people come to us now for the collaborations because we've gone to their places. That I feel like it's only fair for them to be able to come to ours if they can make it. If not, we can always, like, chat over the phone or over the Internet like we are now and put something together. Um so uh, collaborations, uh, I mean, we've been getting a ton of people trying to get us to collaborate with them. And I always say, like, I don't want to be a jerk or anything, but I, I prefer to brew with people that I look up to and that I that I personally know. I don't want to just, like, throw the brand out there everywhere. I'm like, if I know you, if we know you and, like, we like your beer and you think you're awesome, like, we would love to make something with you. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to co collaborate with everyone that knocks on our door. I'm like, eh, let's get to, let's get to be friends first, first and foremost. Makes and perfect, go from there. Perfect sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense. The kind of the idea of you being there and being super hands-on, you know, for the first 
months or even years. Yeah. And I travel way less than uh, compared to what I used to. So I, I totally yeah. coming from. What's the, I mean, for anyone who can't get a hold of your beer, I, you know, uh, ergo, everyone who doesn't live in Portland, Oregon, like, will there be any kegs or cans going anywhere else? in the world like for festivals or anything else yeah yeah we're definitely going to be sending beer out to some festivals um we might actually be sending some beer to um not might but we are going to be sending some beer to norway um in march for like yeah. uh, to a friend's bar it's called brugata it's in oslo and uh he's trying to have it like a brujos night uh during the inferno festival that happens like at the end of march which was one of the other reasons I was there when I went to visit yeah. you. Yeah, Inferno right. Fest 2023. I'm not going to be able to make it this time, obviously, but I was like, yeah, I'd love to send you like, I don't know, five kegs of whatever I have available then, which we've already discussed. Um, and uh, we just acquired our license in Washington as well so that we can do a little bit of self-distribution when we need to. So the Pacific Northwest will obviously see more brujos than any other part of the world. But uh, yeah, I mean, festivals, there's, there's a bunch coming up this year. I think we're going to send beer to Cameron for um, the eight state altered states festival. Um, uh, Angry chairs having the dark embrace invitational. We're going to send beer there. You're not going for that. Are you, you're not going to be on site for that, or this are sense? you? I'm. I'm. Th- I'm, uh, I'm. I will be. Yeah. Um, At the dark embrace. Last year, but uh, this year I will go. Yeah. For the angry chair. Yeah, that's the plan, anyways. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I might I go too. Then. You know, if like, you're I going, would... I might go too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like I shouldn't because we open the weekend before that. But if, if my guys can hold down the fort while that happens, I can get away for two days and yeah and do that because they're also trying to have like a brujos night where they feature a brewery they like or an up-and-coming brewery that they like and uh i agree to sending them like extra kegs for that reason i haven't so bought that. my tickets yet but let me know if uh if you're going like every... yeah yeah it'll be fun man great, it's coming it'll at a pretty fun. great effort to to travel anywhere these days yeah. i kind of feel like we just completed i just completed the 30 recipes like for beers and stuff without traveling anywhere and kind of felt like mm-hmm. i need inspiration you know <laughs> i know dude i feel <laughs> that i feel that you. i feel that way sometimes you need to like go feed off your friends and carry yeah. that energy right i always feel like every time you and i hang out i'm like just hyped i'm like fuck dude this is so cool like someone i looked up to is now like a friend of mine so you know Dude, um, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, you again, your energy is um, it's 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 uh, it's electric. And I think you know, I've I've heard you were in an accident at some point, and that kind of was a major event in your life. Like, can you give me some like perspective on what happened during that time? Do you think you kind of look yeah. at it in a more positive um, way after it, or yeah, what did it give you, kind of? Um, so the accident was just this freak accident. Um, I was like really getting into fitness at the time. So I was like running fucking five miles a day, just trying to get my times up and my health up. And I was really looking into rock climbing. So 
I'm off on this trail with my wife and my kid. My kid, my wife's got my kid in this little like hiking backpack. And I find this like rock that I feel like I could climb just being a dumbass. I, I didn't have any equipment on me. I was like, oh, I could do it. So I did it. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to try this other side of that same rock. I go up there and as I'm coming down, like a piece of the rock breaks off that I'm putting most of my weight on. So I fell and landed on my feet. But when I landed on my feet, like, I'd snap multiple parts of both of my ankles. So I was like, Oh shit, I can't walk. And she's like, are you, sh- are you shitting me? Like, what am I supposed to do? We're in the middle of the woods. Oh, shit, so I was like, just go find a ranger somewhere and see if you can get help. I'll wait here. And she was like, okay, I'll be back. And I was there for like an hour, just like contemplating the next moves. We had just purchased a home and, or no, actually we were just, we were saving up to purchase a home. And I was just kind of freaking out, like, fuck, dude, I'm not going to be able to work. Like, I was a truck driver at the time, Class A license, and I had just gotten that job. And I was like, well, I'm going to get fired. I'm not going to have money to save for the house. But I wanted to keep a positive outlook on the situation. And I was like, I'll find something out of this, like, out of this, like, out of this tragedy, something good will happen. So uh, because of that accident, I started homebrewing in my wheelchair at home on a stovetop with like extract batches and shit like that. And I mean, that's what kept me sane through, throughout that time because I was starting to get a little depressed or whatever. I was like, damn it, dude, I can't do anything cool. Uh, yeah. Started brewing stovetop fell in absolute love with it. I was like, this is the fucking coolest shit ever. Like I I had read about it. My, one of my friends had been homebrewing and that was kind of fascinating, but actually doing it was like just this magical thing that was sent from wherever, you know, it was like, here, try this out. I was like, Oh shit. I made a, like a brown ale the first time. Yeah. And the brown ale was called like hex nut brown ale. So the word hex was cool. I was like, Oh, that's like real witchy, man. That's super cool. Before I had the brujo's name. Yeah. And I bottled it in like these recycled, stone bombers that i fucking cleaned thoroughly with like pbw and all this shit (laughs) and i filled them and i can't imagine that beer was very good but i thought it was cool that i made it and i was like oh shit i cannot wait to stand up and be able to do this like on an all-grain system so the the branding started i started building the brand in a wheelchair um going to TJ with my cousins and shit. And like, they were helping me out with some of the stuff and my brother as well. My mom, um, we were going down to TJ to get shirts printed by a friend. Cause he had his little shop in the middle of nowhere. And he, I was trying to support him. He was trying to support me. So yeah. Uh, it's been quite- that, that event kind of, uh, gave you a different perspective on, you know, what hardship is and like that, that might, I mean, you've gone into a pretty uh, tough industry these days, right? Like you're opening yeah. a brewery when virtually no one's opening a brewery. Yeah, I feel like every brewery, has, there's more breweries closing down than opening almost. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it feels like, man, a lot of people have taken a big hit. And I know a lot of it had to do with the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, we're in a tough industry. Um, I know that opening a brewery is a huge risk but one that I was more than willing to take because I believe in what I'm doing like wholeheartedly, you know, like I'm like, it's this or nothing for me. Um, after this, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll get back into music or some shit, but 
Um, There's no yeah, that, man. You gonna- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I've, I've envisioned this this far since I started it. I was like, man, it's going to be somewhere in the woods, like surrounded by trees. And sometimes when I drive up, I see all the trees in the surrounding area. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Like I've been a powerful dreamer and shit for a while. Somehow manifested this shit. Um, So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm still, I'm still trying to see the future right now. I'm like, I'm, I always live in the moment, but I like to think about where I'd like to take this. And that keeps me motivated. Yeah. Anything you want to share in terms of that? Like, I mean, it's, it's, I can understand again that you are living in the moment, maybe more now than, you know, even before, since you're, I mean, you've made a a pretty big bet on this thing and you're going into it. But if you kind of think of what Brujos is going to be, say, three to five years into the future, any kind of thoughts there at all? Or is it like kind of now, now, now? Um, I think I would love to have a second tap room at some point so we can continue to supply our own beer to the public ourselves. Um, and if we have the money, I would love for that tap room to be even more gothy and more dark. <laughs> more elegant if you will this place is pretty cool i think we've achieved that dark elegance the gothic elegance that i kept mentioning to scott and jesse um it's almost got like a theater vibe to it you walk in someone recently walked in the guys from structures and they're like oh shit this is like the disneyland of like craft beer like adults are, <laughs> like adults are gonna love this theme park dude i'm like it's yeah. pretty cool man <laughs> um so yeah like uh second tap room would be amazing um maybe we'll end up getting an extra for men or like another 30 and kind of capping it there as, as far as i can see like i don't i don't want my guys to feel overworked i don't want them to fall out of love with this shit because they're very much in love with it like i am maxwell and ivan and other people that we have in mind um so, and myself included, like, I don't want to burn myself out to the point where it feels like I'm just doing it for money. Cause it's not all about that. You know, it's like all the money we've raised has, has been put right back into that tasting room. So it can look as cool as it can for the people and myself. Um, I love it. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. And I, I think, you know, keep that, keep that energy um you know it struck me first time i met you it's still there yeah man we vibe pretty pretty fucking awesome that weekend i I still think about it all the time like stockholm was beautiful dude like walking around the city in the mornings and shit it was super quiet hanging out with you was like i know you were busy but the moments where you weren't i was like this fucking guy is awesome you and carl man you gotta come back Um, marie and everyone you know once it's settled a little bit yeah yeah Oh yeah, I definitely plan on coming back. Um, I think I want I want to bring my wife next time because she was a little bit jealous. She was like, "Man, you got to go to Sweden to do what you love." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that shit's crazy, right?" Definitely She's bring your wife and yeah. your you know come over for sure. Yeah. Well, cool, Sam. I know you're a busy guy, um, and I am deeply appreciative of uh, the fact that you wanted to jump on this uh, uh, call with me um, and be on this podcast. Um, Sam will be back on the next episode of this show as the host, having a conversation with a brewer of his choosing 
Uh, that will be on the air in about two weeks. Uh, so make sure to tune in for that. I personally cannot wait to hear who he invites onto the show. Uh, visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. I am Hanok Fenty of Omnipoyo. Thank you for listening to the Brewer to Brewer podcast. This episode was sponsored by First Tea. First Tea invites you to explore the rich and versatile world of teas and botanicals, including Heisen Green Tea. Email info at firsttea.com, that's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A, for support in choosing the right tea and the optimal way to use them. Attention brewers, registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards is now open. Sign up today. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code ALLABOUTBEER to receive 10% off of your order. Don't delay. Register your beers today by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. One more time. That's bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register.